0: Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on the upcoming sermons. Today I want to look at it from the wise men's perspective, these guys who who took a journey to pursue a king. Not knowing any information, not even knowing where they're going, but they took a journey. To pursue Him. And I think that's something that we all do in our lives. It's a journey, this life. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's a journey. There's some bumps in the road. It's a journey. It's not always smooth. There's potholes. It's a journey. But man, I'm not going to stop pursuing. In Matthew chapter 2, verse... Verse 1, it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Okay, I want you to wait. Let, let me just stop. How many has heard? Well, the wise men weren't at the nativity. And you get this crazy stuff going on. Let me, let me just tell you, just so you know, the wise men weren't at the nativity. Because this verse says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the wise men came to Jerusalem. So they weren't there the night Jesus was born. So I want you to go home and throw away all the wise men out of the nativity. No, no, it's no big deal. Keep them there. I mean, it's a symbol. I mean, hey, Jesus' birthday wasn't on December 25th. I'm just, you know, let's throw a shocker out there for you, but we celebrate it. It's a symbol. So, all right. They weren't at the nativity, but it's okay that they're there at the nativity. So next time someone comes to you and says, you know, they weren't there, just say, I know, but I like them there, and I'm putting them there, and I like the camel, and I like the little, the little hats. I just don't like shepherds only. Leave me alone. It's my nativity. Verse 2 says, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ, or the Messiah, was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler. Who will shepherd my people Israel? Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, Bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they came... Or come into the house. That one throws it off too, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. They're not at the stable or in the main. Yeah, I mean, they're, now they're in the house. So, build you a house and put the shepherds there. Have two nativities going. If you want. When they, they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshiped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented gifts to him gold frankincense and myrrh then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed for their own country another way the wise men You can be seated this morning. I'm not going to make you say anything to your neighbors. You all weren't doing it anyway. (laughs) Just Abigail. She was the only one who said anything. I think there's some things that I love about the wise men. In their pursuit Of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Their pursuit to find the Messiah. That was a journey. And and, and I can relate to, and if, if you'll allow me this morning, I think we can all relate. In order to, we all have the pursuit of the Messiah. We all have the pursuit of the Savior we all we all are pursuing him, some in our, in our own different ways. Some of us find him, some of us don't. Some of us are like Herod, that we hear about him, but we don't go searching for him. Some of us talk about, like Herod, that, that, that talked about, I want to worship him, but, but we never do. Some, some have different ways, but, but I'm telling you, if you're going to find him, there is a journey process. It, it, it's, it's a journey. It, it's not something that happens overnight. It's not that we just just all of a sudden arrive and now. I'm No, it's a journey process. The journey never stops as we're pursuing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's some things that I want to just draw from the wise men. There's some things that I just want to pull out. And I want you to realize that, that, that for one, the journey is a faith journey. Is a journey of faith. It is a journey of faith. In other words, in other words, why I say that is they said this phrase, they said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Where is he? We we don't even know. They're stepping out in faith that they will find him. All because they said, For we have seen his star in the east. Now, what would cause them to journey? What would cause them to take just drastic measures? We don't know how long of a journey it was. Some scholars believe it was probably about two years or so. Just because the fact that that whenever Herod asked them, when did you first see the star? And, and then he calculates when they didn't return back. And Herod says, well, in order to take care of this, I'm having... All the babies that are two and under killed. So some scholars believe it might have been close to two years of this journey that they came from. We don't know where they came from. If they, we just know it was east. We don't know if it was New York or if it was that's east. No, I'm playing. If it was Persia, if it was if it was part of part of the farther out, we, we don't know. But what would cause them to take such a long, dangerous journey, not even knowing, all because they saw a star, all because the heavens declared that the king was born and they saw the star and they just thought, Thought And they, in their heart, just believe so passionately that it's the King of Israel has been born and we have to go find Him and worship Him. I can't imagine just this journey that they set out on. This faith journey. I mean, others others will set out and do crazy things for, for other things. We'll do it for romance. Come on. I mean, I I... I left. I left home. Well, I was already in college, but but I didn't feel like I was grown. And I was ready to head back home for the summer. And my wife said, "Why don't you just stay here? She, we weren't married yet, so I mean, it would've been awkward if we were." And I was going to go back to my parents, but no, I mean, and, and she's saying, saying, "Why don't you just stay here with me? Why don't you stay here with me? Come on, you can find a job. You can find a job." And and. And I I like, that sounds like a great plan. I'll go on this journey with you for for romance. And how crazy she must have been to go on this journey. When she said yes to my marriage proposal, I was driving a four door Chevette and had a job as a pizza delivery driver. And she said, I'm going to go on this journey with you. Are you crazy? we'll take the craziest journeys for other things we'll do it for romance we'll do it for wealth we'll do it for we'll travel the world for the best job for the best paying job for the most money you'll see people do this for for wealth for romance but for faith that's what the wise men left for they abandoned it all for a journey of just faith in hopes that they would find a, The king of Israel. And just flat out just faith. Their purpose was established to find him. So they're willing to risk everything to do this. Willing to leave the safety of their homes. Willing to not knowing how long it would be. We don't know what all they packed. But they just set out. And I think within this, what were their neighbors thinking at the time? Have you ever thought about that? That here's these wise men. Can you imagine the reactions as as people are coming to them and saying, Man, you're packing for a long journey. Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> how, how long are you going to be? Not real sure. How will you know when you get there? Not, not, not. I'm thinking they're probably going, you know, for some wise men, you don't have a lot of answers. For, for some wise men, you don't seem very wise to, to set off in this. You don't know where you're going. You don't know anything about it. You don't know who you're looking for. You don't know how long it will take. You don't know what you'll face. You don't know what you'll endure. You don't know much. But, but I think, man, that's what God requires out of us sometimes. I'm sure that is exactly what people were thinking of Abraham, who had everything and was successful in this land. And God says, hey, Abraham, I know that you're doing good here, but I want you to head out out to a land that I'm not even telling you where you're going yet. I'll show you when you get there and just take the step. And because he took the step, God gave him a country. I'm telling you, people had probably been thinking about Noah about the same way when he's building an ark for a flood that's coming when it had never rained on the earth at all. And I'm sure the people were saying, you're crazy. It makes no sense. What you're doing doesn't look right. What you're doing doesn't seem right. But I'm telling you, it's a faith journey. And if you take the journey in faith and pursue the king, you'll find him. But sometimes you got to do some crazy things what seem crazy. And I tell you, places that we've been in our journey of faith didn't make sense. It didn't seem right. I've shared with you before and, and, and I'll share again because I don't think you believe me because it seems so dumb. That when we were going into the ministry and felt the call of God on our heart to go into the ministry and we sold our home, our two little boys with us at the time, And we sold our home and we went to a town to be youth pastors at a church who didn't even ask us to come. There were a few people who told us that didn't make any sense. But we felt that. When we asked them if we could work with the youth when we got there and they said, no, we're good. We started thinking, this doesn't make any sense. but we stayed, and we worked, and we were faithful, even though we weren't doing what we thought we were supposed to do. We were faithful, even though we took a pay cut to go. I, I took a pay cut, Yeah, that makes even more dumb sense. but it was the start you see you can look back after you get there we didn't call them wise men when they head off to go find but when they have reached their destination they seem pretty wise you see when you first take the step it seems dumb when you first take the step In your journey of faith, it doesn't always make sense. But when you arrive and you look back, you think, man, I wouldn't have done it any other way. God had his hand the whole time. And I didn't see it at the point. I didn't see it at the start. But now that I'm here, I realize that God had his way the whole time. But you don't get to the destination if you don't start the journey. And the journey starts with faith. He stepped out. And it seemed crazy. But it's a faith. Can I tell you that God's journey always involves faith? You, When, when you start the journey, you'll do things that your friends don't realize. That, don't, that, that they'll criticize. They'll say to you, why do you go to church all the time? They'll say, "Really? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you? In, why are you getting involved? Really, you go? You go on Wednesdays too? That doesn't make any sense. Really, you're, you're you're helping again? That doesn't. I mean, you will have your neighbors say some crazy things because every time you start the journey, it doesn't make sense to everybody, but within you, it makes perfect sense. And it's a step of faith. It always involves faith. Writer of Hebrews." In chapter 11, before he gives the Hall of Fame, before he names off all the great Hall of Fame guys of faith from the Old Testament, he says this in verse 6, he says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. Watch this. For he who comes to God, in other words, he who, find, who takes the journey to come to him, He who comes to Him like the wise men who who took the journey must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You see, people of faith have always been willing to respond. Always been willing to respond to the challenges, the difficulties. All throughout history, I, I love this story. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of William Carey. He is known as the father of modern missions. William Carey was a shoemaker, and, and, and he, heard this, he heard about the, the people in India, the millions of people that were in India who didn't know the gospel, who had never heard of Jesus Christ. And and William Carey was so drawn by it. It was like the 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 scripture of going to all the world and preach the gospel was written just to him. It just kept coming back to him so much that he told others, he went to the church leaders and said, I feel like I'm supposed to go to India and share the gospel with them. You know what they told him? They said, if the heathen, if God wants to save the heathens, he'll do it without you. That was their response. They thought he was crazy. His response instead, I'll just go without the support. I'll go on my own. I'll quit my job. I'll support myself once I get there. And for seven years while he's in India, he had zero converts. Seven years of faithfully preaching the gospel to millions in India, and he had zero converts. There would have been a lot of times to say this was a bad journey. This was stupid. I should have just stayed home. It would have been easy to just count all your losses and just head back. But because he was faithful, Because he's faithful, before his life ended, he had hundreds of churches and thousands of converts in India. Because of his faithfulness to the journey, in pursuit. That's why we call him the father of modern missions. See, it might not make sense always. And it never will until you get there. So it's a faith journey, but can I tell you, it's also in pursuit of the king. It's not just a faith journey. It's a journey of worship. It is. It's a, it's a journey of worship. The, the wise men said, they said, we have came to worship him. That's our whole purpose. We, have saw, we saw the star and we have come to worship him. They were declaring that to Herod. That was their whole purpose. They took this journey of faith for this whole thing just to worship the king. They brought gifts. They brought. It might not make sense to you what they brought. I mean, as a mom, you're probably thinking diapers would have been better instead of frankincense. Don't even know what frankincense is? You can bring the gold. I'll take the gold. I like the gold. Gold, diapers, and formula would have been better. But they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And and we just kind of look over those things and not really know what they are. But, But can I just share with you a little bit what the meaning of that was? for them to bring gold, what they were saying was they were bringing a gift to the king. They were saying he is the king of kings. That's what they were declaring, that this child is the king of kings. And they brought gold to him as a symbol of his wealth, as a symbol of his royalty, as the king. They brought frankincense, frankincense is something else, frankincense is this sap of trees that, that dries and is hardened, but it's used as an incense to God in worship during that time. They would burn frankincense, and that would be the incense that was used uh, that would bring this aroma that, was, that, that God would say it's a pleasing aroma. And he describes our prayers in the same way, that your prayers are, are a pleasing uh, aroma. It was frankincense that they were burning. So they brought this really as a symbol saying He is the Son of God. They brought frankincense as a symbol of His deity, Gold because he's king of kings. But frankincense declaring he is the son of God. He is God. And then they brought brought myrrh and myrrhs, this fragrant perfume. But it's used to anoint the dead and I think that would have been an odd gift to bring a child. Myrrh. Something that anoints, something that they would use in the embalming process, if you will, for, for people so that the, the stench wouldn't hit and, and it would cover up. It was, it was the aroma that was used to, for dead people. But here's what they were saying when they brought this they were declaring, uh, He is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He's the one that we've been looking for that would be the sacrifice for our sins. He's not just the King of Kings. He's not just the Son of God, but He is the Lamb of God. The Lamb that was slain. The perfect Lamb. That's what they were declaring when they brought these gifts to Him. Just so it makes more sense to you now. They didn't just bring anything, but everything they brought was something of value, something of significance, something of purpose. Can I tell you this, that worship will always involve sacrifice? A worship to God will always involve sacrifice. We we have gotten to where we believe worship is nothing more than the singing of praises. But that's not what worship is. It's a part of it. It's a part of your worship, but that's not what worship is. Uh, Worship is going to involve sacrifice. I'm telling you, if worship doesn't cost you something, If worship doesn't cost you something, is it really worship? If it's not a value to you, is it really worship? If there's not a sacrifice involved in it, is it really worship? That's why. That's why Paul said, "Look, present your bodies yourselves as a living sacrifice. Yourself should be." What God wants more than anything, He doesn't want the gold. He doesn't want the Murray. He doesn't want the Frankincense from you. He wants you. He wants you to be willing to to abandon things for Him. He wants you to say, "Look, you are more pleasing than anything else. I'll, I'll serve you. I'll sacrifice me to you." It's not a thing that we just do when we sing. That's not what worship is. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a sacrifice. Worship costs you something. You know, the wise men came and they brought something of value to the king. The whole thing was their worship. The trip that they abandoned their luxuries to come was worship. It wasn't just the gifts that they brought. It was the whole, the whole adventure was a worship. The, the time that they took from their family or from their home, that was worship. Every part of it was worship, the whole thing. So when they said, we have come to worship him, they weren't lying. It was their whole purpose. It was every part of them. They had come to worship. So this journey is always going to involve faith. This, journey's, this journey has to involve worship. It has to involve sacrifice. Because true worship is sacrifice. But remember, it's more than that. Real journey to pursue the king involves change. I don't get it. I don't get it. People who who serve, say they serve God but have no change in their lives. They're, they're not pursuing the same God I, I pursue. Because in the pursuit of the king, there will always be change when you find him. Here's, here's, here's why I say this, because look at what, what, the, what, what happened. Look, look at, verse, at, at, at verse 12 again. It said, Then being divinely worn in a dream... That they should not return to Herod. I love this. They departed for their own country another way. They couldn't go back the same way they came. When you get a hold of the king. When you find the king. There will be such a change in your life that you can't go back the same way you came. You you might go back to your place, but it will be in a different way than how you found him. You'll do things different. There will be a change in your life when you find him. There's, There's no other way to put it. If there's not a change, I question, did you even find him? If you can come and go back the same way every time you come, I question did you even find him or did you just go through motions? I wasn't expecting amens, but I wasn't expecting just quiet. If you find him, there's always going to be a change you cannot encounter him and go back to the same lifestyle. You can't encounter him and go back to the same life. You can't encounter him and keep holding on to sin. There has to be the change. There's always the change. I'm not saying everything happens immediately. Some things do when you encounter Him. Some things, some things, whenever you really encounter Him, it just changes like that. Some things are a process and it's part of your journey, but I'm telling you, change is always involved. You cannot just continue to do the same thing that you did before you found him, that you do after you find him. There's going to be a change. There's always got to be the change. I remember when, when I really gave my life to Christ, and y'all will probably be surprised at the age when I really gave my life. I mean, I gave my life when I was five. There wasn't a whole lot of change that took place then. I wasn't that bad of a kindergartner. (laughs) But I had some teen years. Have y'all experienced those years? If you're a teenager, close your ears. It wasn't bad, bad things. But I learned to go through the motions and not serve him. So I could go to church, go through the motions, and I could leave and do the same stuff I did before I went to church. I would go to the church crying because the guilt I felt felt better because I cried it out and then go back and do the same thing. I didn't encounter him, I encountered my guilt. I think that's what happens a lot of times. We're not really searching for him, we're searching for relief. So I find a little relief and I go back and do the same thing. I find a little relief, I go back to do the same thing. I went to Bible college and still did the same. When she started dating me, so many people warned her holy people that we went to bible college with here's the phrase they use and I get so mad about it like who are they to judge but I get it they were right they said this about me they said you don't want to marry him brandy he knows of god but he doesn't know god i was mad until I really found him and then I got it I knew of him but nothing changed until I knew him until I found him until my journey reached a place to where I wasn't looking for a deliverance of my guilt I was looking for him and everything changed. Some things are process. Some things immediate, but I couldn't go back the same way. Think of Jacob, when he encountered God in the Bible, he's 90 years old. And he's wrestling with God and encounter what happens is his hip breaks. Of course he's 90 in wrestling that's gonna happen. But God touches the hip, the socket, and it says forever on Jacob walked a different way. You can't encounter him and walk the same. You can't encounter him and go back the same. You can't encounter him and there not be a difference in your life. Here's what I want to ask you this morning. In your pursuit, have you found him? Or if you just saw a star. In other words, I believe in him. I believe in him I'm not asking do you believe in him I'm asking have you found him will you stand with me the proof is on the journey is when you find him there's a change and it's gonna take faith and it's gonna take sacrifice but it's all worth it. You know what? Heavens will call you wise. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.